Hey folks, this is Abel James, and thanks so much for joining us on another episode of The Fat-Burning Man Show, where we talk about real food and real results. Be honest, are you feeling a little stressed out these days? I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we can admit that things are crazier than ever. We're all a bit frazzled. So, if you're feeling that way, or if you're feeling like uh, you take care of everyone around you with no energy left for yourself, this show is definitely for you. Returning to the show is Sarah Fragoso and for the first time, Dr. Brooke Kalanick. So this is a really fun one. We get deep. If, if you're feeling a little scatterbrained these days, you are definitely not alone. And if you're feeling bummed out, you're not alone either. So definitely listen to this one. Before we get to the interview, though, here's a review that just came in from DJ. He says, I'm a fairly new listener and I've been scrolling through the past available episodes. So far, every episode I have listened to has been very informative and interesting the whole way through. I think the hour time frame works well and Abel does a great job of letting the other individual expert speak their point. The follow-up questions are concise and well-prepared, which all leads to maximum info obtained by the listener. This podcast has also led me to other great experts and doctors who believe in food, diet, and lifestyle as paramount to great health. I am a type 1 diabetic and use a lot of this info to improve my health and lifestyle. My wife has hypothyroid issues, Hashimoto's, and I also take what I learn and discuss with her. Keep up the great work and thank you for doing this. DJ, I am so glad you found the show, and I'm. Uh, it's so cool that you're working with your wife as well, because part of this is uh, is really based around interacting with the people around you, and, and hopefully in a very positive and supportive way. And it sounds like you've got that. It's also great too, and, and you raised this point. One of the reasons I do this show isn't to be like, hey, look at me, look at how great I am. It's like, look at them, look at how great these people are who I'm having on as guests, and follow their work because. Uh, Yes, it's it's scattered out there and there's more misinformation than ever, but there are also more great people with great knowledge than ever who are really trying to do the right thing, being authentic. And I do my best with not 100% accuracy, but I do my best to find those people and bring them on the show. So if there are any rock stars you'd like me to interview, make sure to drop a line. Or if you'd like to share your story, please shoot me an email, Abel at fatburningman.com or what you can do that's even easier go to fatburningman.com sign up for the newsletter and just reply to the email that I sent to you let me know how you're doing and let me know if you have any questions you may have heard me uh, especially in the ask me anythings talk about the new book that I'm working on that's pretty much done called designer babies still get scabies in fact I was just finishing up the audiobook and man, putting out a book is a bear, but I think you guys are going to like this one. It's going to take a lot of people off, but I think you're also going to really like it. So it's a book of mostly silly poetry and ridiculous rhymes. We're gearing up to release it real soon. And you know, I, I partnered with a major publisher, got a major book deal in the past, but this time we're self-publishing. We're doing a whole bunch of really fun giveaways, so make sure that you're subscribed to our newsletter over at fatburningman.com so you don't miss a thing, because th there's going to be a lot of cool stuff that you've never seen before coming out from us. We recently became our own sponsor, and to celebrate, we're giving listeners like you a deal on health goodies from Wild Superfoods, and we have a bunch of new surprises coming out soon. So you can, right now, if you're in the U.S., you can save 128 bucks off your purchase on the Ultimate Daily Bundle 
by selecting subscribe and save. We've got Future Greens, Omega Omegas, Vitamin D Stack. These are literally the supplements that I take every day that my wife and family and, and other people we care about take every day, and we really stand behind them. So we look forward to having you try them out. Go to wildsuperfoods.com slash save128 to get the deal. All right, on to the show with Sarah Fragoso and Dr. Brooke. In this episode, we're chatting about sneaky hormonal disruptors that many women are unfamiliar with, yet may be struggling with unknowingly, how lack of joy is a contributing factor in chronic stress, the first step to take when you feel overwhelmed with health and diet information out there these days, and tons more. All right, let's go hang out with Sarah and Dr. Brooke. All right, folks, returning to the show is Sarah Fragoso, a best-selling author, mom of three, and the founder of Everyday Paleo. She has over a decade of experience as a certified strength and conditioning coach and holds a degree in psychology as well as certifications in mindfulness practice. Dr. Brooke Kalanick, a wife, mother, lifter of heavy weights, naturopathic, and functional medicine doctor, is joining us as well. She has over 15 years of experience working with women as a licensed naturopathic doctor and functional medicine physician. You can catch them both on the popular podcast, Better Every Day with Sarah and Dr. Brooke. Thanks so much to you both for joining us. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> of course. Yeah, thank and you thanks for Thanks for the copy of your book, Hangry. I love that title. It hasn't really been, some people know all about that word quite well, but it hasn't really been incorporated into the lexicon quite yet in the way it deserves. So thanks for that. Oh, yeah. It, I think it's timely for sure. But in case people are listening or watching and they don't know precisely what you mean by hangry, what are you getting at? <laughs> you want to jump in on that, Brooke, and I'll follow up? I think we both are like, ah, so much. Yeah, yeah. We have lots to say about Take that. Turns. You know, when we first started working on this book, we were thinking we're writing a book for women that are tired, overwhelmed, their hormones feel like they're betraying them. And our cute title was Too Tired to Be Happy, because it's kind of how you feel. Our agent got a hold of it and we we're like, No, you really in those moments when your blood sugar's in the tank, you're craving all the wrong things, you feel terrible, and then you act terrible, and then you kind of hate yourself afterwards, you feel like a hangry. And so it became hangry. Right. Yeah. And I think we all know what that feels like, right? Like even my kids, like my 11 year old, he's the hangriest of all of well, us. Especially kids. Yeah. Especially kids. And so when we were like landed on that title, he's like, oh, mom, he's like, yeah, mom, well, we didn't really write it for 11 year old boys. It's, you know, for women, but I, everyone gets it. And it's not, we don't want women to feel like, we're calling them out. Like that's what you are is a hangry. But we all know what that feels like, that embodiment of that feeling. And it's not something that we're proud of or that we enjoy. And we sit with that or we don't. And we usually distract from it. And then it just comes back around again. And it's just this vicious cycle. Yeah. Guys can get a little sometimes too, as it turns out. <laughs> Kids, everybody gets a little bit of that hangriness from time to time. But one thing I, I really noticed reading your book that I didn't, uh, I guess, realize because we all live in our own little bubbles is just like how many women you guys work with who are just barely making it, how that's the vast majority. Because like I, I knew even in my childhood, being a kid going to my friend's houses, you know, like it's pretty it's almost a stereotype, right? Like the hurried mom taking care of everything and freaked out and stuff. But I didn't know it was like everybody now. 
It is. And I honestly have not met a woman as of late or in the last 10 years who's been like, I feel so good. Like (laughs) everything is fine. Like I wake up refreshed and my blood sugar's balanced and I get all my workouts in and I sleep well. And I I have not met a single woman in like, like I said, the last, or when I really started paying attention who can tell me that truthfully. And I think we're all becoming more honest. Like now you run into someone, Oh, how are you? Oh my God. I'm so stressed out and busy. Like that's the response. Or it's like, fine. And you can tell there's no fine going on, right? There's like no light in their eyes. You know, they're just not that. Maybe you haven't seen that woman in a while or you catch them on like their hangriest moment and you're like, yeah, you're not, you're not fine. So yeah, it, it is. It, I honestly do feel like it's everyone. <laughs> yeah, and then the women go to their doctors and they're told, well, your tests look okay. You know, I don't really know why you feel this way. Or our favorite one is, well, all women, all the women in my practice feel this way. You're just getting older. You're just a busy mom. You're just all these things. And so they're sort of left with, well, I guess this is just as good as it gets or worse. They think, what's wrong with me? Why can't I try harder? Why can't I do more? So yeah, unfortunately, many women are not getting help with the fatigue and the overwhelm and all of this stuff that's going on for them. And so they're just sort of stuck. So we were hoping to, to help those women. And that's so dangerous too, right? Because it's like someone walking in asking for help, being like, I'm depressed. And they're like, no, you're not. Right. <laughs> you're fine. You're just a mom. You know, right. you're just fine. You don't need anything. And and then that's a really destructive, damaging position to be in, right? As the patient. And, um, yeah. And I'm going to interrupt you too, because I'm going to actually yeah. retract what I said a minute ago. There have been times where I actually looked pretty good and felt horrible. So that's the other thing too. You know, I have been to a doctor at my, one of my worst when I first crashed from adrenal fatigue and I was shredded. Like I was super lean and muscular and, you know, more fit than I had ever been in my life. And the doc, same, the doctor was like, well, you look fine. And I'm like, no, I'm falling apart. So when you have to look beyond what you see on the outside too, right? Because there are so many women who are trying to do it all and look good doing it. And maybe they reach a body composition goal or maybe they don't and they just aren't feeling great. They're not feeling right, but yet they have that outward appearance of, hey, everything is fine. So it does go both ways, right? Like I remember looking in my own eyes though and just seeing how haggard I truly was. Like maybe aesthetically or my body comp looked quote unquote good or healthy didn't necessarily equate feeling like a rock star at all. Well, yeah, especially when you're talking about whatever ideal it is and women's health and trying to aim for that as a target. And then you get there and your body can't even do the natural things that it's supposed to do to produce children. And you're feeling terrible and, and all that. Maybe that's not the ideal. And so how, how do you manage that piece or how did you manage it? And actually, maybe I'll just before you answer that, if you don't mind, I'll read a quote from you, Sarah, in the book where you said, there I was, the perfect paleo dieter who also excelled at training as hard and as often as possible, all in order to hide my fear and my pain. And then dot, 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 I was taking care of everyone and everything around me and always putting myself last. My only form of self-care was my punishing workouts. I almost cried. I'm almost crying now a little bit. Just like, <laughs> that's like, wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So anyway, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. So for me, I think it really took a lot of looking inward, like looking past what aesthetically I was so proud of having accomplished 
because it really was a way it, we all have our own distractions, right? Like we all have our own stuff. And for some people, it's alcohol. For some people, it's food. For some people, it's sex. For some people, it's, you know, gambling or whatever. And for me, it was punishing myself. It was beating myself up and not just in the gym, but the dialogue going on in my head. And I still struggle with that, right? It's not something that you just get over. It's about implementing the tools which we teach in the book and a foundation, which is for me, mindset and mindfulness practice to get myself out of my head and actually in my own body. So I'm listening to the cues. I'm tuning in. I know when too much is too much, when not enough is not enough. You know, I'm actually in a place where I can honor my hormones and what my body is finally, or not finally, it's always been trying to tell me, but I'm finally aware of it. But for me in that moment, it really took having to sit with that pain. Like I had to work through so much and it wasn't a 30 day process, right? Like we're promised all these plans that are gonna take you from zero to hero in 30 days, but they leave out all the internal work that we have to do, not just the internal work with our hormones, but with our psyche. So, you know, for me, I had to go to a very dark place and be in that place and not run from it. So when I crashed, I couldn't escape it anymore, right? I couldn't go to the gym and beat myself up. All I had was my own thoughts <laughs> and my own processing, right? So that's really what took me back to like my roots of psychology of like, okay, I've always told people, right? Like joy and blah, 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 and be happy. But what am I doing about my own happiness? So when Brooke and I got together, we've both had very similar life experiences. And the reality is that if you don't work on your mindset practice first, it's so hard to sustain anything that's going to actually be good for you and especially for your hormone health, right? Because stress is stress is stress. And we say that, but we're like, well, what does that even mean? You know, so I had to stop beating myself up. And like I said, I still struggle with it. It's a daily practice of me having to stay ahead of that programming. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, Noel, because it seems like both and both of you guys talk about this in the book, and I'm kind of like this too, like the recovering perfectionist type A, <laughs> go-getter type. But to some degree, it is a double-edged sword. Like the thing that allowed you to be healthy or kind of like enabled it was the same thing that's destroying you at the same time. So how do you like, I guess, harness these impulses and knowing that you can't ever really escape them, right? It's, it's not like you're escaping yourself and everything's all solved, but like how do you manage that, all that mojo? Oh, yeah. Well, so in our book, we have five pillars, which is really the foundation of our plan. The pillars are the mindset tools that we teach women to use in order to make our five habits, which is kind of like the functional part of the plan, the diet exercise part work. And I have to live by those five pillars myself. And for me, the one that I feel like is most important, because they're all important, but each woman is going to read this book and Brooke has one that's more important to her. And I have the one that's most important to me. And I, I live by all of them, but I have to be fully engaged in my life. Like I can't ever go back to that. I'm too busy. I'm always busy. I'm always stressed out persona. That is great. And it's gotten me a, a long way, right? Like I've been really successful because of that drive, but I've also really missed out on the things that are actually the most important to me. So I have to be fully engaged in my life, which means I no longer distract from my pain. Cause if what, when I distract from my pain, that's what pushes me back to doing too much, 
to not just sitting with my feelings. So I have to choose consciously to experience fully, not just the good and the success in my life and those happy moments, but also the parts that make us struggle. Like in challenge is great growth, right? So we want to squirm away from that because sitting in that hot water, it's like we talk about in the book, it's like getting into that hot tub, right? Initially, you're like, oh, ah, that's not so good. And then when you settle into it, you're like, this actually feels a whole lot better. It brings so much clarity to be able to say, this is where I'm at, you know, and observe how am I feeling? What am, how am I responding rather than just reacting, right? Because when we react, it's usually in a way that's very destructive. So for me, it's typically getting angry. I'll lash out at someone who doesn't deserve it, which nobody else sees but my family. Awesome. Good times, right? Or I'll beat my own self up and all the self-loathing that comes with that, or I'll go distract by beating myself up in the gym or doing something that my hormones aren't happy about. I tend to go the opposite way with food. Instead of food as my comfort, I'll like restrict and I won't eat enough because my stomach's in knots. So allowing myself to be fully engaged and noticing, wow, I'm feeling really anxious how do I feel that in my body? Where do I feel that in my body? Noticing it, choosing to not react to it and letting it come through me and then using my voice to talk about it. And we talk about that in the book too, how to be authentically who you are, speaking what your needs are, voicing that. Because as women, especially, we kind of carry this around like a badge of honor that we can do it all. And then we get upset that no one understands what it is that we need when we don't even tell people what it is that we need. So, you know, it's really a combination of things. But for me, it's really just being fully engaged. And I find, and you will all find too, that the good moments, the joyful moments, I'm so much more tuned in for and present for when I'm not distracting myself from the moments I don't want to be a part of. So tough work, but well worth it for sure. Yeah. Dr. Brooke, do you want to chime in on that? Because I know yeah, you're a go-getter as well. <laughs> I am. Um, yeah, I think that that's one of those skills that works really well in our professional life and it works really bad in our personal life. So we're not asking anybody to just not be who they are. One of our pillars is to be who you are, but just to know where does that strength fit and what other skills do you need to be better in the other areas of your life? So quite often, you know, being really driven might be okay for your career. It usually stinks in your marriage, right? Like that's usually not yeah, a driven a, marriage. A really that's, great yeah, thing. that's a funny concept. Um, you know, so, and uh, Full engagement living is our third pillar. And that's one Sarah talked about. It's my least favorite. It's the one I'm the worst at. It's the one I have to constantly, you know, because when I don't, you know, my husband gets put on the back burner. I regret not being there for my kid, but I got all those Instagram posts up or I, you know what I mean? It's so easy. And I think when it comes to, you know, when you're in this healthy lifestyle, it's so easy to just be that person there too, because that's what it's about, right? It's about getting through the workout. It's about getting the goal, hitting the body comp, whatever it is. And for me, I never got super shredded because as I was going down that path, everything fell apart really quickly. I had pre-existing hormonal issues that just got worse and worse and worse. And what so often women do is we just dig in deeper, right? We think there's something wrong with me. Like what the heck is wrong with me that I'm not getting leaner? I'm working out twice a day. I'm not eating any carbs. I'm doing all the stuff and I'm pushing really hard. And your body's sending, like my period was gone. I couldn't sleep for more than about an hour and a half at a stretch at night. It was really rough. And so I didn't listen to any of that. I'm getting all these all this feedback. But instead of thinking this plan is not working for me, 
or that it's worth it to sacrifice all of my hormone health in order to keep chasing this goal. I, you know, I just ignored all that until I tore a hamstring and then I literally couldn't push anymore, but it sort of forced me to kind of, and my relationship was just in shambles during this time. And so I think when we ignore all those signals, that's when we get ourselves into trouble. So I, one of the things for some women is they don't know what their hormones are telling them. So in the book, we kind of walk through, these are what your hormones are saying. This is how you tune into that. And then for those of us that kind of knew, but didn't listen, we try to help you tune in. And I just, you know, when you are kind of that driven kind of person, it's so easy to sacrifice your health and your hormones for the sake of that goal. And especially a body comp goal, like it's just never worth it. I don't think anybody who's wrecked their hormones, tripped a thyroid issue, triggered autoimmunity, got into adrenal fatigue was like, that was so worth it because I was so late. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, I think they all were like, I mean, I enjoyed some of the aesthetic benefits, but it it wasn't worth it. It, you know, did so much damage. And so of course, fat loss is going to be a goal for some women. And that's cool. We just want to help you do it in a way that's really nourishing instead of the punishing thing that we're so inclined to do. What about moving that, that ideal in your own mind? What is that process like? And how do you manage that? Because it has to keep moving your whole life, doesn't it? Like we have to get used to that in, in one way or another. Well, I think for women, especially, you know, our hormones change throughout the month. They certainly change throughout the decades, right? You go through a pregnancy, perimenopause, you know, women's hormones start to decline after age 30 and things start to change. And so women especially need to be able to roll with it. We need to be able to say, hey, this might've worked for me when I was 25 or 35. And, you know, now I'm getting this feedback that this is not working and we need to be able to adjust. And it might mean a real change in thinking about, well, this is what I think is the best way to train. This is what I think is the best way to eat. And that may not work for the current, you know, hormone landscape. And that can be hard. Um, So just even rolling with the normal changes or, you know, for me, um, I had, you know, PCOS. I had a pre-existing kind of bag of hormone stuff that came with me into what I tried to do. And I think for me, something that was a really long journey, but really worth it was instead of constantly trying to fight this insulin resistant anabolic physique that I had, just constantly trying to make myself smaller, doing stuff that was wrecking my thyroid and wrecking my adrenals, learning to work with what I have. And that took a lot of mindset work around. I, you know, Sarah and I always talk about, we exercise and eat almost identically. We both meditate, we prioritize sleep and our bodies are very different. And, you know, it's, so it's not about like, I need to do Sarah's plan. I mean, technically I do Sarah's plan. It's been more about working with kind of what my body wants to do and kind of making this physiology the best it can be rather than I spent my whole life up till probably like age 35 trying to make my body a completely different hormonal makeup. And all that did was just, well, make me mentally miserable and also physically miserable. So is that kind of like a a body type, like endomorph, ectomorph type thing in your minds? Or or how do you you think about that, like working with what you've got? Because I think that's a great point. Yeah. So for me, with PCOS in particular, I have insulin resistance. I can very easily have low progesterone. I can very easily have a lot of inflammation. I can quickly deal with some adrenal issues. And, you know, because I've insulin resistant and got higher testosterone, I put on muscle really easy. So my job in my teens and twenties was to run as much as I could because I thought that would make my legs smaller. And that of course produced 
some results in some ways, but a lot of negative consequences. And when I kind of embrace the fact that I'm really strong, I get strong easy, I put on muscle easy, I started using exercise in a much smarter way. So for me, it was it was more about, and what we hope women will see reading the book is, you need to take your unique hormonal issues right now. So we kind of walk them through what we call the hormone hierarchy, where you're kind of tending to the most uh, delicate hormone issues first, low insulin, I'm sorry, low cortisol, low thyroid, then high cortisol, then insulin resistance, and then unique nuances for estrogen and progesterone. So where a woman is at, so for me, there was a time in my life where I only was really dealing with insulin resistance. There was a later time while I was dealing with that plus um, low cortisol. So whatever your hormonal issues are, we want to make sure that you're doing things that honor them all, but honor them in a way that doesn't exacerbate the other issue, right? So if I have a woman with PCOS and dealing with some adrenal fatigue or HPA axis dysfunction, I can't just follow the insulin resistance advice, which is eat less, eat eat low carb, exercise a lot. Those things are going to help that hormone issue. And those might really make some of my adrenal stuff worse. So I want to heed those recommendations first and work our way on down. So to me, it's about a woman knowing where am I at right now? We've got a quiz. We've got lots of stuff in the book to kind of help you figure that out. You can certainly get testing done and knowing where you're at now and working with that physiology instead of so many things we want to do that end up working against it. What about you guys, this is shifting gears a little bit, but you've been creating content for a long time now on a consistent basis. And one thing that's starting to come up, especially as, as like YouTube and podcasts kind of come mainstream is this idea of burnout. And like, uh, I'm just personally interested in how you guys manage writing books, producing podcasts, making all this content, but also not losing your minds. And, and when do you tap the brakes? How do you manage all that? Well, I can tell you for me, it looks a whole lot different than it did 10 years ago. And you know, people will ask me, how do you do all that you do? And I said, I, I, my response is always, it, it, I only do what you see me doing. <laughs> That's it. I'm not <laughs> behind the scenes doing any more than, you know, and really I have to be very authentic and real with my own priorities. And that's the only way that the work that I do outside of that feels good or feels real. Um, so, you know, before I felt like, I owed it to my audience or to the world or whatever to just put as much out as I possibly could and have a rigorous schedule and adhere to, you know, the algorithms and what it's all supposed to look like. And I, I was miserable and I can't go down that road again. So I feel like for me, success is how I show up in my life and I have to have my priorities straight and it's my family and it always has been, but I definitely wasn't nurturing that like I should have when I first started this game. So, you know, I have to be in a place and in a space where like my own health doesn't fall apart, where I feel like I'm nurturing my family first and then whatever else I can get done, I get done. And it, it just is what it is. And there are times where I still have to push, like that's the reality, right? Like finishing a book and launching a book. I'm pushing a little bit more right now than I normally would, but I have a foundation now, right? Like I know, okay, so maybe I won't be as diligent in the gym and um, you know, I might skip a meditation practice or two during the week, but I'm not going to let my sleep go. That's a top priority for me. I'm going to stay on top of my nutrition because I know what it feels like for my hormones when I let that slide, you know, and I'm at least going to get my walks in because that I need for my psyche. Right. And I try to do some sort of mindfulness practice throughout the day, even if it's not sitting for 10 minutes 
an actual meditation, which I love to do. And I try really hard not to skip that, but there have been mornings where Brooke and I are like, we have to record a podcast and I have to get up early and it's either get more sleep, which I need more than anything or wake up early to meditate before that podcast. So I'm going to pick the one thing that I know in my foundation is going to serve me best. So those times that are inevitable that we have to push in life, right? And maybe it's not because those of you who are watching or listening are doing what we do, right? Maybe it's because you have a deadline at work or you have a sick loved one, which I'm dealing with that right now too, you know, or you have a baby or you're planning a wedding where, yeah, there are going to be those moments where things are a little extra crazy and stressful, but don't let it all go, right? Like what can you hold on to that, you know, that will keep you committed to what works for you, which is our first pillar, find and commit to what works for you, right? Because so often what we do, especially when we're not managing our stress, is we're like, we got it all figured out, right? Like my diet's working, my exercise plan is working, and then a stressful event happens and we just lose it all. It just all goes to hell because we're so hyper-focused on just getting through the day that we can't, like, it's like unfeasible. How the hell am I gonna cook today? Like, there's no way, right? So really making those priorities, you know, we talk about doing your top five, like what's your top five things that you're going to do today? What always bubbles up to the top of my top five is my own self-care and making sure that my family is a priority. Everything else is just going to happen as it's going to happen. So. Nice. Brooke? Yeah. I mean, we've had to learn, we learned these pillars the hard way. We had to come to this book that we wanted to write about our nutrition philosophy and how we think women should train. And we're like, we tell women that stuff all the time and sometimes they can do it, but a lot of times they can't at least for very long or they do it like we did it. You did all the right stuff, but you were miserable and unhappy and unhealthy. So that's why we created those pillars. And we've been living from those, you know, like just recently we had a major stress. Our book got printed and shipped with some errors on the cover and we're kind of letting our community know, like, is what happened? And they're like, Oh my gosh, how did you handle it? And we're like, we had a really good, you know, low stress incident around it because we had been practicing this stuff and we were like, what can we do? What, what can't we do? And I think what Sarah was saying is a really kind of overarching message of our book and our work, which is your best is totally good enough. Like you get to do what you can do and we have to just let the rest go. You know, I would say Sarah and I are the anti-gurus because we are not perfect. We are not trying to put off that like <laughs> we've got it all figured out, but we've been living from this place with these pillars for like three years now. And we can really say that not only in the women we work with, but we've been practicing it from living here. And as the stress is coming up, we're able to kind of get through it. And yeah, we let ourselves off the hook if there is a time when we can't keep up with the social media. We can't keep up or we've skipped a podcast. I know you're never supposed to take a week off, but some days we're like, you know what? This is as good as it's going to get. And maybe we'll do two for people next week. And this is what we've got. And I think Sarah and I both really value the integrity of that, that if we're not letting you guys know, like the real deal that we are doing the best we can as well, then we're probably not serving any woman to make you guys think that we've got it all figured out and that we're doing everything really well, you know, and there are times when, like Sarah said, you need to push a little harder in work, or you need to focus on your marriage, or you need to focus on your family. And you're going to be the one who's responsible for making that choice, right? It's going to come down to us knowing really clearly this is what matters the most to me and not, not something I'm get, willing to sacrifice other things for and be okay with as much as you get done, you get done. Mm -hmm. How do you tell the difference between a guru and an anti-guru? <laughs> 
but we always say that we're like not the only game in town, right? Like we didn't invent paleo today in this book. We didn't invent the Mediterranean diet. Our diet is a bit of a hybrid of those. We didn't invent all of the research that this program is based on. We put it together in a way that we think is going to be the most useful for you, but it is completely a template and we're going to teach you how to customize it for you and know when you've hit the limit with this and you need to be like, maybe it's time for me to do more fasting or maybe I should be toying with keto because my blood sugar is doing whatever. And for a woman to be able to say, I can go through understanding what my hormones are telling me, go through this hierarchy. And I can see right now that this is actually a strategy that could work for me, or I've learned enough from them that this is, I know right now, this is not a strategy that's going to land well for my hormones. So I think that's something that makes us really different is we know that we are not perfect and that not everything we say is going to work for everyone. And I think that's why our book is so dense because there's so much customization and so many tools. Like even with the mindset stuff, we talk about some of Sarah's tools for stress management don't work for me and vice versa. So we gave a lot of information and a lot of tools because women are going to need to find what works for them and then leave the rest. And I want to answer that question too, because I love that question about what is a guru and an anti-guru. And I'll just give a really brief answer. So I've thought about this because this is something that we say, right, is we are the anti-gurus. And and I feel like that's a humbling statement, really, because I used to think I knew what was right for everyone, right? Like I I used to think that, like, well, you're just not paleoing hard enough or cross <laughs> hard enough, right? Like right. that was my mindset because at the moment it was working so well for me. But, you know, dabbling in the health field for as long as I've been in it and watching other people who are in this space, a guru always makes me feel worse about where I am right now, that I can't achieve that oh, standard yeah. of living where the anti-gurus that I love and respect and admire, and especially in the mindfulness space, are people that come and sit with you and they're in the trenches with you. And we talk about that in the book, like Brooke and I have, we are still, and not just have been, but we are still in it with you. And our lives aren't magically easier because of this stuff. We have just learned a really valuable way to navigate it and to not go back to that place where both of us were in a lot of trouble with our hormones. So not to say that neither of us have had health issues along the way, but it's been so much easier to bounce back from them because of the empowerment that we both have from this program that we've created. So, you know, I want to be with you all. I don't want to be up here telling you how you're not doing it right, because that just doesn't feel good to me. I've been told that before, too. I used to be that way. And it's the antithesis of what actually works for most, not just women, but for everyone, really. Yeah, I love that. And I love how you guys are so open. And I've been listening to your podcast, just getting ready to interview you and reading your book and all that. I love that approach because it's so important to have experienced some of the mistakes that people are kind of making right now or going through right now. And it's like, I personally hit rock bottom way earlier than a lot of my friends genetically and, and just from fate and what my family handed down and, and what life presented. I hit rock bottom and I'm really thankful for that now. And I'm pretty public about it. It's like I have pictures of me kind of at my worst and puffiest and whatever, just like all over there. Because you can't avoid that. I'd much rather try to learn along with someone who's who's tested the edges, tried a bunch of different things. I've been vegetarian, vegan, like tried all this stuff, you know, and a lot of it didn't work. And you learn so much by the things that don't work as long as you admit it. 
and then you can move on, right? It's like, if you just sign up, it's like, I'm going to be a vegan forever. Then you can never eat meat again, even if that's not working for you. So that's a big problem, right? So we all just need to be a little bit more generous with ourselves in terms of being like, all right, maybe we don't have this all figured out. Maybe my guru doesn't have this all figured out, right? We, but we need to, and I think you guys do, train each other to have the confidence to move through life as if we are our own gurus, right? That's really what we all need. And raising kids, I'm sure that's what you guys are after. Oh, yeah, 100%, a million percent. I love that you said we all need to be our own gurus because that's so true. At the end of the day, we are really the only ones that know ourselves, like from our heart to our physiology. And like Brooke said earlier, you know, we'll go to a doctor and we know we feel like hot garbage. And yet the response is, I know when I first went to a doctor, when I had my huge crash like 10 years ago now, and the doctor was like, yeah, it's probably, you probably need antidepressants. And at that moment I was very tempted because I'm like, God, yes, I'm just crazy. Like not to minimize that. I think that antidepressants are a really useful tool for some people. Absolutely. But that's not what I needed in that moment. She wasn't willing to dig in with me and really hear what I was saying about my body and what I needed. So we are all our own gurus, 100%. We just need the tools and the empowerment to be able to know what that means, what that looks like. What about, and this is so common, the idea and kind of like the pride in taking care of everybody else before yourself and seeing that as a virtuous thing as opposed to a selfish thing. Can you walk us through that? Oh my gosh, yes. So I think it, for me, when I was in that space and I still tend to want to go back to that place, it's because I need to be heard. And I feel like if I put everyone's needs in front of myself, somehow and saying it out loud is painful, but it's my truth. Somehow that's going to give me the recognition I'm after. Someone will finally pay attention to me if I let myself fall apart and put everyone else in front of me, right? Then I'm going to get someone to finally pat me on the back and say, good job, Sarah. But guess what? The only person who's going to do that is me. <laughs> That's it. The only one who's really going to ever give me what I need to be okay. The only one who can. The only one argue, who can. Right? I'm responsible for my own happiness. And admitting that is, is a painful step for a lot of people. And my relationship suffered because of that big time where I'm like, it's your fault that I'm not happy. And why aren't you stepping up for me when I wasn't stepping up for myself? So, you know really the, the best thing that you can do for the people that you love and that you feel responsible for is to put yourself first. And we talk about that in great detail in the, in the book. It's not being selfish. Like putting yourself first is the greatest act of love, truly. I mean, of course you can be selfish and narcissistic and a horrible, awful, evil person, but I guarantee you all the women who are listening to that show aren't that. This is about, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. this is about really showing up for your life, which makes you so much more enjoyable to be around your loved ones will want you to be there for them way more when you're actually happy, happy with yourself first. So, yeah, it's tough. Ouch. Yeah, and I think it's that, yeah, <laughs> that's hard. <laughs> it's hot in that water, like Sarah always says. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a man, so I don't know exactly what you guys go through, but this does seem to be a plight of women to do it all and to feel the burden of just the constant overwhelm and being excelling in every single role, whether that's wife, daughter, friend, partner, mother, PTA president, employee, CEO. I mean, there's a lot. And I think we aren't very good at acting, asking for help. 
sometimes because we feel like that's admitting a weakness or there's something wrong with us if we can't do it all or it's not anyone else's responsibility. And so we do talk about like setting your priorities, understanding where the value of doing that thing came from. You know, sometimes we look at it and we're like, that's a value I assigned to something when I was nine years old and maybe I don't need to carry that now or that was really important to my mom. So I've kept it but it doesn't really fit anymore and being willing to let it go. And I think too, when we talk about self-care, we hear a lot of women say things like, well, this makes me a better mom. I need to work out. So I'm a better mom or I need to work out. So I have a better wife or whatever. And I don't often hear men saying I need to golf so that I'm a better husband for some reason for women, our acts of self-care almost need to be justified so that we can fill these other roles better. And I think it's great when our self-care makes us better at the roles that are really important to us. But I just really want women to hear like, you just deserve to be taken care of because you deserve to be taken care of. And it is our responsibility to do that as much as we can. But yeah, I find that such a funny dichotomy with men and women. I don't often hear my husband saying he's going to the gym so he can be a better husband later. He goes to the gym because he goes to the gym and nobody expects him to qualify that. Yeah, that's a really interesting distinction. And we all need to realize that we're in this like state of conditioning that's happened over the course of many, many decades. Yet, if you're in, you know, a married relationship, or you're in a partnership, it's really a blank slate, you guys make the rules, right? And you realize that at some point, it's just like, I know that we're coming to the table with all these gender roles and all this other stuff. But we can kind of do whatever we want here. And it's really important for people to give themselves in a relationship especially when you're struggling, hangry and and tired to like take a step back and be like, what would like, I I think this is one of the best exercises ever. I don't have my notebook right here, but just like blank piece of paper. What is the perfect day? If I follow this, everything will be cool. You've got to really know what that is first for yourself. And that's self-care, right? Like kind of defining what, what you need. And then once you have it, you have no option but to be cool after that because then you know it's on you, right? Like once you start to take a little responsibility for that, the wheels start turning and you're just like, I'm totally bummed out right now. Oh, that is my fault. Let's work on that. <laughs> and then when you figure that out, be brave enough to share it, right? That's one of our other pillars is be who you are. Like unapologetically, if you know what you need and what will make you happy, be bold and brave and put it out there and live it. Right. Well, and you guys probably aren't good friends because of each other's perfection. It's because of each other's faults that you get to share, right? It's so wonderful in a friendship, which is also a relationship, right? Not just a romantic relationship to be comfortable with being who you are. And I don't have to, to have a support of the support of other women is invaluable in today's society as a woman, because there's so much comparison and there's so much, you know, having to play the part the right way and be the best mom and the best wife and the best whatever that the reality is, is we just need to show up for each other. And it's really what brought Brooke and I together is I don't want to say our faults, but yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like the fact that you're very real, like we're real with ourselves. We were real with each other from the very beginning. We've helped each other through a lot of really challenging times over the last few years that we've been working together without judgment, right? Because the only judgment that we should really have is about our own behavior. But I always say too, like, even that needs to be without judgment. We need to look at it 
at a way of like just examining it. Like, why am I behaving this way? Why did I react that way? What what do I need to sit with for a minute? And this happened just today where I was scrambling to try and make it to the office to interview with you <laughs> and Brooke. And I was taking my dog to the groomer and I had to write a newsletter for another <laughs> you know, influencer and reach out to like three other people. And I was behind with all of it. And then my husband called me and asked me to do something. And I'm like, I lost it. And then I'm like, wait, I called him back afterwards. And I was like, you did nothing wrong in asking me for something. It was how I reacted. And I had to sit with it and be like, here's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm running late. I'm feeling nervous. And I don't know if the content I wrote today was good enough. And just saying those things and admitting where I felt weak and vulnerable, it's hard. It takes so much courage and bravery to retract from your reaction and be like, that didn't feel authentic. Like my husband didn't, he had no idea what was going on in my head. I was clear across town. He had no clue. So to be able to go back and say, wow, you know, I don't feel good about how I reacted. I'm not judging it. I understand it, but I'm able to see it clearly versus before where I would just like keep going neurotically throughout my day. So, yeah. yeah I, I always say be curious instead of critical. If you ate something that didn't make sense for you or you're never making it to the gym or you're reacting in a way and we are so like, what's wrong with me? Why did I do that? And so like kind of step away from that critical voice and just be like, okay, what's going on? Sarah was frazzled or I didn't get enough sleep or I've got a lot on my plate and I wasn't expressing what I need. I'm terrible at telling my husband what I need, but I'm really good at being mad when he doesn't do it. Right. So it's on me to express that. So yeah, being curious of like, well, that expectation didn't get met because I never said it. (laughs) So yeah, being curious over critical is much more helpful stance to take as we're navigating all this stuff. Right. And just a deep breath, right? Yeah. (laughs) We're running up on time, but what are just some like things that people can do if they're going to be inspired to take a little piece of blank paper and just write down some stuff to do tomorrow to make their lives better, what would you guys say? Well, I'll give a couple of my favorite tips. And I think really just working on being more able to notice in the moment how you're feeling and how you're reacting. And I love that you said, take a deep breath. That's one of our tangible tools is to time out breathing. And it's so simple. It doesn't take away from anything you're doing right now or add more to your plate. But in that moment, make a commitment tomorrow to say, okay, I'm just going to pay more attention to how I am in the world tomorrow throughout the day. I'm just going to show up and pay more attention. And when you notice that your heart rate's going up, that you're feeling frazzled, that that stress response is kicking in, that the adrenaline is surging through your veins and you're starting to get angry or frazzled or worried or upset, stop and just notice and then breathe. Breathe in for a count of two, hold your breath for three or four seconds, and then breathe out two times longer than you breathe in. So actually breathe in for more like a count of three or four, and then breathe out for like a count of seven to eight. So two times longer than you actually breathe in. Do that three times. You can do it anywhere. You can be in the car, on the phone, in the grocery store, in line, at the bank, at work, in a meeting. It's such an easy thing to tap into your parasympathetic, bring everything back down to baseline, stop that stress response, and then you'll have more clarity in that moment. And it's forgotten easily that that's all we need to do in most moments is just take a deep breath. We say it, but do we actually do it? So I like to practice this tool even when I'm not in a stressful situation, just as a reminder that I can always go back to my breath. So if I'm in the car for a moment and there isn't any distraction or I just think about it during the day, I go back to my breath and just 
remind myself, just be here, just be right here. That's all I need to do right now is be here. So that's one thing I think people can take away from today that will help with, with everything. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. Um, well, I'll do one that's more hormone related since we've done so much mindset talk. So one of our really easy tools for two of your most important hormones, they're not sexy, they're not new, but dealing with cortisol and insulin and understanding what they're telling you, you have so much power over those hormones. You know, it doesn't always feel like we can control how much we're stressing, how much sleep we're getting and what we eat. But those are really areas where we can make a real big difference. These hormones talk to us all day. They give us feedback in real time that you can actually change with your next meal or by doing something like Sarah said and lowering your stress. So our sort of system for understanding what those are telling you is ACEs, so appetite, cravings, energy, and sleep. And paying attention to those variables both immediately after you eat within like 30 minutes is going to give you a lot of information about insulin. So if your cravings go up, your energy goes down, you need to take a look at that hormone. If you're getting low energy or sugar cravings between meals, that's going to be a little bit more cortisol talking. And for the last variable, the sleep, that's a lot of cortisol talking. So if you can't fall asleep or sleep or stay asleep. So we give a lot of those kind of systems to help. Again, we really want women to know like, this is what my hormones are telling me. And then hope you give you some tools to you know, make some changes to make those hormone messages better and those put those things back in balance. But that ACEs acronym is so simple and you don't need a blood test to do it. You don't need to adopt a new plan. You just need to kind of tune in and then you can make some really easy steps in more protein, more veggies, maybe changing your meal timing slightly, getting a little more sleep, looking for some supplements that might help you sleep if that's something that's an issue or looking at your sleep hygiene or all of those things are going to affect those variables as soon as the next day or maybe even later that day. And so that's really powerful because, again, they're not exciting. It's not keto. It's not fasting. It's not, you know, the latest, greatest workout. It's kind of old school basics. But there is a lot of power in helping those hormones because they have such a ripple effect. So if you're like a, you know, you're a woman and you're like, I'm going through menopause. I don't know if I need to pay attention to my cravings. Well, helping those hormones will have a ripple effect across thyroid, estrogen, progesterone, all of it. Yeah. Right on. Well, okay. So what's the best, hangry is what it's called. What's the best place to get a hold of it? And what else are you guys working on? Well, the best place to get a hold of it is just at our website, which is sarahanddrbrook.com. There's tons of information there. And also if you pre-order the book right now, we have 17 amazing bonuses that we put together for people who pre-order. 17? I know. You're still overachievers. I know. (laughs) (laughs) True. Very true. You caught us. I will take that on as a reality. Yeah. But no, we put our heart and soul into this book, obviously, and into these bonuses, too. They were actually really fun for us to put together. We were like through the edits of the book, which was as you know, one of the most challenging experiences of life. So, nauseous, you know, yeah, I'm nauseous right now. Just a little bit thing, just a little bit, right? <laughs> right. So putting together the bonuses actually felt really good to both of us to be like, this is a different thing. Yay. Yeah, so. totally. No, I get that. I do the same thing. Not 17 though. You guys are crazy. Well, because there's two of us, we can do twice as much, yeah, right? That's, so. that's a good point. We'll yeah. 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 yeah, we wanted some to take a deeper dive if you have a certain condition like PCOS or menopause. So there's webinars with me that go deeper. And then Sarah's stuff was really, 
how do we make it easier? Like, how can you take this delicious recipe and turn it into four different meals? So there's kind of tools on either end, all those acronyms, the ACEs, the ramp, all of the things we talk about in the book are all in one PDF. So you can get a lot of good resources there. And when the book comes out on June 25th, we are going to run a free like masterclass again, kind of help you. We know there's a lot and we had a hard time writing a book with so much stuff in it to hand to a woman who's already feeling overwhelmed and wiped out. So we want to make it as easy as possible. We really believe in the material but we know you're going to need some support. So we're going to do a free masterclass just to kind of dig in a little deeper. We'll probably share some tools that aren't even in the book and just kind of help women, you know, hit the ground running when this comes out. And your podcast. Oh, yes, we do that. (laughs) They do do a great job. You guys should check that out too. You guys have been doing it for how long now? Almost two years. Two years. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, So it was Better Every Day with Sarah and Dr. Brooke. It is now the Sarah and Dr. Brooke show. Oh, I got you. I'm going to have to fix that one. Yeah, I forgot to tell you that before you read our bios, but that's totally fine. So, yeah. <laughs> I right didn't on. even catch that. I'm still saying it wrong on the podcast and having to start over. Hey, it, it happens. I'm not only fat burning man. I'm other things, too. Right. These, these little words are tricky sometimes, as you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, all of you who are listening and watching, thank you so much. Their book is called Hangry. And once again, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. It was really fun. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you and Future Greens. You want my number one health tip right now? Get your greens in every single day. I've been getting my greens on every day for coming up on, well, almost every day, let's be honest, for coming up on almost 10 years now, and I believe it makes a monumental difference to my health, performance, and overall well-being. Why? Well, most of us eat too many acidic foods like meat, dairy, or sugar and other junk carbs, leading to an unbalanced pH level in the body and more than our fair share of toxins. I don't know if you've ever tried greens supplements, but most of them taste terrible, like fish tank. And if it doesn't taste good, I won't drink it, no matter how good it is for me, especially if you're talking every day. There are tons of supplements out there packed with cheap fats, sugar, fillers, and caffeine, but we have a much better option if you're looking to increase your energy and your health. So when Allison and I are on the road, we always take Future Greens. Future Greens is a concentrated superfood powder made from 15 organic fruits and vegetables, plus six additional superfoods, as well as digestive enzymes. So in less than 60 seconds, you can get the nutrition of over 20 fruits, veggies, and adaptogens, all with less than one gram of sugar. Future Greens is packed with vitamins, minerals, and filling prebiotic fiber from whole, organic veggies, sprouts, algaes, and berries, including kale, beet, parsley, collard greens, cauliflower sprouts, broccoli sprouts, spirulina, chlorella, blueberries, raspberries, and much more. Imagine the time and expense it would take you to buy and prepare all those foods separately. Trust us, we've tried, and Future Greens makes it a heck of a lot easier. Our ingredients are harvested at peak freshness and potency and immediately concentrated and dried using cool temperature processes that preserve the energetic and nutritional integrity of all the ingredients. Whether you're looking to strengthen your immunity, cleanse your system of toxins, alkalize your body, diversify your diet, or boost your energy without caffeine, Future Greens is your new best friend. And as a listener of Fat Burning Man, you can get a 20% discount to try Future Greens 
yourself. So to get Future Greens from Wild Superfoods and your special Fat Burning Man deal, just visit fatburningman.com forward slash greens to get 20% off when you subscribe and save. On top of that, you'll get an extra bonus that I can't even tell you about right now, but just visit fatburningman.com forward slash greens. We'll see you there. Well, hey there, listener. This is Abel one more time, and I just want to say thank you for listening to this episode of the Fat Burning Man Show. If you liked it, don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you might be listening to or watching this show right now. And if you have a second, please leave me a quick review for the Fat Burning Man Show. I read every single one of them, and every time you leave a review, it gives us a little boost in the rankings, and that helps other people find this show. And if you can think of someone else who might enjoy and benefit from this free show, please take a second to share it with a friend or a family member. And if they're like, what is this fat-burning man thing? That's a really silly name. You could be like, you're right, but here's the deal. We've recorded over 250 episodes of the Fat-Burning Man Show with thought leaders in health from all over the world. And so far, we've won four awards, hitting number one in health in more than eight countries internationally. We have more than 30 million downloads already, but we're just getting started. I can't believe any of this, by the way, and couldn't do any of this without you. So thanks once again. But here's some more good news. You can download and listen to every single episode of the Fat-Burning Man Show for free with zero outside advertisements, no outside sponsors, and no corporate overlords. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com. We'll give you a, a second here just to type it in. And you'll get all the show notes, transcripts, and video and audio versions for all the past episodes of the Fat Burning Man Show for free. Better yet, enter your email at fatburningman.com, sign up for my newsletter, and I'll even send you a quick start guide so you can take your health into your own hands right now along with a few of our ridiculously tasty recipes as a special thanks for signing up. Once again, just go to fatburningman.com right now. Enter your best email to get your free goodies with a bonus surprise straight to your inbox. This is Abel James signing off. Thank you so much for listening once again, and have a great week.